Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Get the little ones, sit back, relax, and listen to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Part 3 of The Children's Book of Christmas by J.C. Dyer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part 3. St. Barbara's Grain. Only in the south of France, they say, is to be found the custom of planting St. Barbara's Grain on the 4th of December. Earthenware dishes an inch or two in depth are half filled with water, on the surface of which wheat is scattered, or the small flattened seeds of the lentil, a leafy-stemmed plant whose honey-laden blossoms will, later in the year, draw swarms of golden bees to the fields where it is planted. The dish is then set in the warm ashes of the fireplace, or on the deep stone sill of a sunny window, and the grain is left to sprout and grow, so that on the table of the Christmas Eve supper there may be this tender promise of the harvest of the year to come, a pale, delicate, young greenness in strong contrast with the darker evergreens. The bent old grand-mère by the hearth will tell you that as the growth is thick and sturdy, or scattered and thin, so will be the later harvest of grain or honey. The yellow daffodil, or narcissus, is a plant which first grew in southern France and along the Mediterranean, and it may be that it was some early settler from Languedoc or Provence who introduced into Louisiana a custom common half a century ago that had a dim resemblance to this planting of St. Barbara's grain. The daffodil bulbs were planted in shallow earthenware dishes on the eve of All Saints, and set for three weeks in the warm dark, and later in the sun. The older creoles foretold a fruitful year, if the flower bud were well formed, by St. Barbara's Day. Before the Paling of the Stars Before the paling of the stars, before the winter storm, before the earliest cockcrow, Jesus Christ was born. Born in a stable, cradled in a manger, in the world his hands had made, born a stranger. Priest and king lay fast asleep in Jerusalem, young and old lay fast asleep in crowded Bethlehem. Saint and angel, ox and ass, kept a watch together before the Christmas daybreak in the winter weather. Jesus on his mother's breast, in the stable cold, spotless lamb of God was he, shepherd of the fold. Let us kneel with Mary maid, with Joseph bent and ori, with saint and angel, ox and ash, to hail the king of glory. A Midnight Mass in France The great time for making gifts in France is the jour de l'an, the day of the year, our New Year's Day. 
when there is a great exchange of cards, good wishes, visits, and presents. On Christmas Eve, everything else used to pale before the exciting adventure of going to the church at midnight. After church came the Grand Supper, a family gathering from which the children were sent to bed long before they were ready to go, comforting themselves as they climbed the stair by asking each other, "'What do you think Petit Noel will put in your shoe?' But they were always too sleepy to lie awake long enough to see whose hand it was that dropped into each little shoe under the mantelpiece a few goodies or bits of silver coin. Sometimes one was guiltily afraid that a black record of naughtiness deserved the disgracing gift of a few pebbles. But then, surely, petty Jesus was forgiving, and next year one would be very good yes, of a certainty, most good. Earlier in the evening, the children had been allowed to play any game they liked, however noisy, quite up to eleven o'clock, which was unusual enough by itself. Then began a great bundling up in furs and mufflers before the plunge from the warm candle-lighted room into the frosty night, where stars shone like gold nails driven into blue-black velvet. The frost crunched under wooden shoes, the lanterns threw strange, wavering shadows, a dry branch fell with a sudden crackle. Far away a horse whickered and stamped, just as one was coming toward the deepest blackness of all, where the great grey church and the tall buildings about it threw the grand place into densest shadow." Nothing in that sound should frighten one, but every child had heard the peasants tell of this enchanted hour when animals in their stalls could talk like men. Still, nothing could harm a child on the way to Mass, of course, so one plucked up courage and sang out extra loudly in the refrain of whatever carol was being sung on the chimes in the ivy-covered tower. The old church had always seemed large, very large for the few who worshipped in it, but now it was majestic, reaching up toward the skies, as if to gather from the angelic choir the great waves of music that rolled down the valley to be heard miles away. And how could one help gasping when a gust of wind swept him suddenly into the porch? There, through the open door, he was caught and drawn forward, adoring, by the full splendor of the altar, studded with lights, dazzling against dark walls, green with pine and laurel. At one side was the creche, the miniature stable scene, where the mother ever watched in wondering love the holy child. Down the long nave, from the damp stone floor which had never known the luxury of matting, great pillars lost themselves in the blackness of the arches. But each who entered brought his lantern and set it on the stones in front of him. One after another, the little lights, like stars, came twinkling out all over the church, and each newcomer joined in the carols sung before the mass was begun old, old carols with beloved refrains, which one heard only at Christmas time. The old mysteries, quaint plays, in which long ago the peasants of southern France acted the simple stories of the adoration of the babe by the angels, the shepherds, and the wise men, are seen no more. 
but it is said that until very recently in some of the provinces at a certain pause in the mass a shepherd knocks loudly on the great church door the hollow sound echoing in the solemn hush from without is heard singing the voices of shepherds asking to come in slowly the doors swing back the people part and the shepherds enter passing up the nave between a double row of worshippers in front are two or three boys playing softly on simple musical instruments one has a flute another a tambourine then begins a quaint musical dialogue between these peasants in their long weather-stained cloaks and those who stand on either side from one hand comes the question in high treble where hast thou been and it is echoed from the other what hast thou seen and the deep musical voices of the shepherds answer deep in a manger a little child on the dry straw slumbered and smiled so they move slowly carrying a little fruit a measure of grain a pair of pigeons to where the priest stands waiting to bless their simple gifts and lay them at the foot of the altar the christ child and the pine tree on the holy night when the christ child was born the earth lay very near to heaven all the world was at peace and there was no noise of war to keep men on earth from hearing the angels sing animals and birds and trees alike were glad because of the coming of the holy babe and like the shepherds and the wise men came to bring to him their gifts most of all the little pine tree beside the road longed to take something to the christ child the cedars instead of pointing their branches upward in pointed slender trees spread their branches wide as cedars of lebanon do to this day and bent low to shelter the mother and child but the little pine was too small to shelter anything and though he stretched and stretched he was not even tall enough to keep the sun out of the eyes of the wonderful babe he was barely tall enough for the wind to make a whispering sound in the tips of his little branches the thorn although it was midwinter suddenly blossomed out and brought its white flowers to make a coverlet for the child's cradle and the little pine tree tried so hard to blossom that pine needles came out in tufts all over him but that was all only the wind through his branches now sounded like a sigh the bird of god which we call the wren flew quickly and brought soft moss and feathers to make his cradle warm i will pull off all my needles to make a bed for him the pine tree said but when he began to do that mother mary smiled and shook her head your needles would only prick him little pine she said and the little pine rocked in pain and the wind sighed through his branches the olive came and brought sweet-smelling oil with which to rub the christ child's little limbs and the pine tree saw her and ached so for something to give that the rosin stood out in big drops along his stem oh he cried joyfully i too have oil to give and mother mary's smile was very tender as she shook her head again and said gently but your drops are sticky and they would hurt his tender skin dear little pine so the little pine was very unhappy because it had nothing to offer the christ child 
and year by year as he grew taller and remembered the holy night the wind swept through his branches with a sound that was almost a moan and ever since you can hear that sound from pine trees all the world over now for hundreds of years after on each christmas eve the christ child comes again in the likeness of a poor child gathering fallen sticks in the forest up and down the hills he goes shivering in the icy cold knocking at every door whether it is of a cabin or a castle until he finds someone who remembering his lesson of love calls him in to find warmth and shelter and such a home he blesses some there are who like the pine tree long to serve him and these place a candle in the window that if he pass along their way he may see it and come in but one night there was no door open and as he walked wearily through the pine wood the wind shrieked through the trees bending before him then the christ child turned aside and crept under the low branches of a pine tree which was large enough now to shelter him and the moss lifted itself from the snow to make a soft bed for the tired child and the pine tree drawing its branches close above him was so happy that tears of joy ran down his branches and freezing hung in slender icicles and as the first red rays of the sun on christmas morning shone upon them they glittered like the candles on your christmas tree and the christ child opened his eyes and smiled a birthday gift what can i give him poor as i am if i were a shepherd i would bring a lamb if i were a wise man i would do my part yet what i can give him give my heart the christmas fire in servia servia is one of the countries in which the old old customs have lasted longest they began in the times when men looked forward longingly to the days in which the sun having gone far enough into the snowy plains of the winter turns back towards the green fields of summer the celebration begins on the day before christmas which the older servian songs call the day of the old badinyak no one seems to know who badinyak was but some have believed that the fast day was first kept in honor of the old sun god who was thought of as grown weak and faint and as giving place to a younger for on the next day was the feast of the little god the new sun who was to bring summer back again nowadays the name is given to logs cut for the christmas fire every servian boy is up before daylight on the day before christmas for he of course must be on hand when the strongest young men of the family start out with a cart and a pair of oxen to cut a young oak tree and bring it home upon the chosen tree they throw a handful of wheat with the greeting happy beyond day to you then they begin to cut it very carefully timing the strokes of the axes and placing them so that the tree shall fall directly toward the rising sun and at the exact moment when its red ball begins to show at the edge of the world if by any mischance or a stroke of the axe in the wrong place the tree falls toward the west there will be great distress for this is thought to mean that very bad luck will follow the family through all the coming year if the tree should fall in the right direction 
but catch in the branches of another, the good fortune of the family will only be delayed for a while. The small boy's part is to watch very closely where the first chip falls, for it is most important to carry home that first oak chip. The trunk of the tree is trimmed and cut into two or three logs, of which one is a foot or more longer than the others. They are then dragged to the house, but are not taken inside until sunset. In the meantime, they stand in the courtyard on either side of the door. The house mother leaves her work as they are brought home to break a flat cake of purest wheat flour upon the longest log, while the little girl sings special songs. But soon she goes back to her work, for there is a deal to be done before sunset. The women are making Christmas cakes in the shape of lambs and chickens, and most often of little pigs, with blunt pointed noses and curly tails. For the pig belongs to a Servian Christmas as much as turkey does to an American Thanksgiving. Long ago the pagan Servians used to sacrifice a pig to the sun god on the day of the old Beandic and to this day you will not find one Servian house in which roast pig is not the chief dish of the Christmas dinner. While the women bake, the men prepare the pig for the next day's roasting. The boy who so carefully brought home that first oak chip put it at once into a wooden bowl, and his little sister and he cover the chip and fill the bowl with wheat. Just at sunset, the whole family gathers in the big kitchen. The mother of the family gives a pair of woolen gloves to one of the men, most often to the father, sometimes to the strongest of her sons, who goes outside to bring in the biadnik. Tall wax candles are set on either side the open door, and in front of it the mother stands with the wooden bowl in her hands. As the log is brought in, she throws a handful of wheat at the bearer, who says, Good evening, and may you have a happy Biadney day. He is answered by a chorus of greetings from all in the room. In some parts of the country, each man present brings in a log, and at each is thrown a little wheat in sign of the wish that, in the year to come, food may be plenty enough to throw away. A glass of red wine is then sprinkled on the log, and the oldest and the strongest of the family together place it on the burning fire, in such a way that the thick end of the log sticks out above the hearth for about a foot, and sometimes you may see a prudent father smear the end of it with honey and place on it a bowl of wheat, an orange and the plowshare, that they may be so warmed by the Christmas fire that the cattle shall be fed, the bees industrious, and the trees and fields be fruitful through all the year. THE DAY OF THE LITTLE GOD There is so little sleep for the Servian peasant on a Christmas morning that very few, except the old and the babies, go to bed at all on the night before, the day of the little god, as it is called. For one thing, the new Biadnik, the great log on the Christmas fire, must be kept burning all the time, and brightly. Then the all-important pig must be set to roast early. When it is ready and laid before the fire, someone goes outside and fires off a gun or pistol, and when the roasted pig is taken from the fire, the shooting is repeated. 
from four to eight o'clock on a christmas morning every servian village re-echoes as if it were celebrating the fourth of july with cannon crackers just before sunrise some young girl of the family goes to the fountain or the brook from which they usually get their drinking water before she fills her pots or jars she greets the water wishing it a happy christmas and throws into it a handful of wheat the first cupfuls of water drawn are put into a special jar and are used to make the chesnita the christmas cake which is to be divided into a piece for each member of the family present or absent a small silver coin baked into it is supposed to fall to the lot of that member of the family who is to meet with special good fortune during the coming year no other visitor is allowed to enter the house before the palatznik the christmas guest has come the part is usually taken by some boy from a neighbor's family who comes very early and brings with him a woolen glove full of wheat when at his knock the door is opened he showers the wheat over those round the brightly burning fire and into all corners of the room with the greeting christ is born the mother of the family throws a handful of wheat at him and all the others shout in truth he is born the guest then walks straight to the fire and with the heavy shovel strikes the burning log with all his force repeatedly so that thousands of sparks rise high in the chimney while he says may you have this year so many oxen so many horses so many sheep so many pigs so many beehives of honey so much good luck so much success and happiness after this good wish he kisses his host drops to his knees before the christmas log on the fire kisses one end of it which sticks out of the fireplace into the room and places a coin upon it as his gift as he rises a woman offers him a low wooden chair but just as he seats himself draws it away so that he sits down hard upon the ground and is thus supposed to fix to it firmly every good wish he has spoken finally he is wrapped in a thick blanket and with it around him sits quietly for a few minutes while the young folks who are to tend the flocks and herds in the coming year come to the hearth and kiss each other solemnly across the christmas log the wearing of the blanket is said to ensure thick cream in the next year and the shepherd's kisses will make for peace and plenty among the cattle before the chief meal of the day all the members of the family gather about its head each with a lighted candle in hand while he prays briefly then they turn and kiss each other with such greetings as peace of god be with us christus is born in truth he is born therefore let us bow before christus and his birth and toward the end of the meal all stand to drink to the glory of God and of the birth of Christ, which marks the end of the Christmas celebration. Nature Folklore of Christmastide Among all the older peoples of Europe, there are many bits of folk stories which tell of the wonderful peace which fell upon the world on the night of the Holy Eve. A Bosnian legend says that at the time of the birth of Christ, the sun in the east bowed down, the stars stood still, the mountains and the forest shook and touched the earth with their summits, and the green pine tree bent. 
the grass was beflowered with opening blossoms incense sweet as myrrh pervaded upland and forest birds sang on the mountain top and all gave thanks to the great god this belief in the holy and gracious kinship of all nature at this season finds expression in many countries in an added tenderness for all living things during yuletide the very sparrows whose nests the boys are free to raid at any other time have a sheaf of rye set up for their christmas feast says mr reese who tells that once stranded in a michigan town he was wandering about the streets and came upon such a sheaf raised upon a pole in a dooryard i knew at once he says that one of my people lived in that house and kept yule in the old way so i felt as if i were not quite a stranger in england robins are the birds of christmas time an old legend has it that on the day of christ's suffering the robin fluttered beside him and in trying to pluck thorns from his crown stained its breast crimson so ever when the snow comes round to crown the wintry year perched high upon the holly bough red robin warbles clear no other songster on the spray at christmas time is heard but when the saviour's birth we keep we hear the saviour's bird the spanish show special kindness at this time to any ass or cow believing that on holy night they breathed upon the christ child to keep him warm many other quaint old beliefs used to be common about how the animals act at christmas time from north canada comes the indian saying that on the holy night the deer will kneel and look up to the great spirit but that whoever spies upon them will have stiffness in his knees for all the year to come in the german alps it was believed that animals have the gift of speech on christmas eve but that he who listens will surely hear them foretell some evil for the listener of a like belief mr reese says that when he was a boy all the animals knew perfectly well that the holiday had come and kept it in their way the watchdog was unchained in the midnight hour on the holy eve the cattle stood up in their stalls and bowed out of respect and reverence for him who was laid in a manger when there was no room in the inn and in that hour speech was given them and they talked together klaus our neighbor's man had seen and heard it and every christmas eve i meant fully to go and be there when it happened but always long before that i had been led away to bed a very sleepy boy with all my toys hugged tight and when i woke up the daylight shone through the frosted window-panes and they were blowing good morning from the church tower it would be a whole year before another christmas so i vowed with a sigh at having neglected a really sacred observance that i would be there sure on the next christmas eve but it was always so every year and perhaps it was just as well for klaus said that it might go ill with the one who listens if the cows found him out in the older parts of montenegro the head of the family and his shepherd boy still follow the quaint old custom of lighting the animals to their stalls on christmas eve each takes a lighted wax candle and they go together into every stall in turn holding the candles for a moment in each of its corners 
then at the stable door they take stand one at each side of it and hold their candles high while the little shepherdess drives the animals in one by one sheep goats and oxen they pass between the flickering lights after that the shepherd boy and the little shepherdess kiss each other that the cattle may live in peace and love they say End of part three. Good morning. We hope you're enjoying Saturday's Story Circle. Got enough cereal? How's the coloring going? You can always join us tomorrow on Mutual with the Sunday Showcase, original audio drama from the United Artists of Audio, right here on Mutual. Subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for exciting audio drama every day. Or find the Sunday Showcase feed in your favorite podcast players. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.